It's great to see you. It's great to see you this morning. Thank you, Connie. I, I've been at Meadowgrass all weekend, and um, I am not going to get bogged down in the idea that for two days I was in the Black Forest outside with my family, and it was like four degrees and raining. And today, when I'm not going to be able to go, it's sunny and beautiful. I'm going to rest in the idea that there was great music at Meadowgrass, and I got to be with my family, and now we are here together, and life is good. So this morning we come together, and and this is the last Sunday of the Easter season. Um, The Easter season is 50 days of... Uh, of, of Easter time. There's seven Sundays after Easter uh, morning. And this is, in the Christian liturgical calendar, the end of Easter. And so this is uh, the time when we are going to uh, wrap up uh, reflecting on love and transformation, which is what Ariana encouraged us to think about during this time. And if you think about it, this, this time of year, this springtime of year, a lot of religious traditions are thinking about newness and hope and new beginnings. For Muslims, this is, this is a time of year related to Ramadan. This is the time that the Quran was given to Muhammad. And so in response to that, Muslims fast, they think about cleansing and commitment, they recite the holy text in an intentional way, they spend time with their families, they think about what really matters. This is the time when the Quran was given to Muhammad. And for Jewish folks, our Jewish brothers and sisters, it's um, the time of Passover when God heard the cries of the oppressed, the poor, the forgotten, the enslaved, and helped Moses liberate them from from, uh, the bonds of slavery in Egypt into the promised land. This liberation story, the story of new beginnings, is so helpful for coming generations of the enslaved and the poor and the marginalized who counted on a God who helps free us from our bonds, self-inflicted or otherwise. A lesser-known holiday, the Festival of Weeks in the Jewish tradition, celebrates the giving of Torah to Moses at Mount Sinai. In May, June, this time of year, the Buddhists celebrate the Buddha's birthday, newness and hope all around. It makes perfect sense in terms of the calendar that we're celebrating newness and hope at this time. And Easter and Pentecost are all about hope and newness for Christians. Now, we've come in the Christian calendar to the end of our 50 days of Easter. And what is so wonderful about this is on Easter Sunday... You remember, we constructed this stained glass window. Now, you don't remember because you weren't here, but everybody else might remember. Um, Remember, we put in these pieces of stained glass, 
And everybody contributed. Everybody contributed to the whole. This is a perfect example of community. Some of you put in brown rectangles and others put in orange things. And I don't know what shape that is, but it's all different. And they're all different colors. It's this beautiful image of community. Easter obviously points to the reality that Jesus proclaimed this message of love and acceptance and compassion and goodness. And it's not going to be stopped by any execution. Love is bigger than that. Cannot be overcome this message of love and hope by the simple mundane idea of death. So it is with all of us, right? We think, well, the loss of that job means my life is over, my identity is done with the ending of that relationship, the death of my beloved. I do not know how I can go on in light of that. But there is something about the human spirit, that resilient, strong, fierce human spirit that does not give up, will not be denied, and so we resurrect We transform. We get back on the horse and ride again. And the horse's name is hope. And the horse's name is love. And the horse's name is faith. Or, and I'll speak only for myself here, we get so old and crinkly that we just give in to cynicism and despair and live out our days as a curmudgeonly sour old man with nothing left to offer the world, except for the little chorus, well, back in my day, things were different. But somehow, we don't give in to that temptation to become cynical and despairing. Somehow, with the coming of spring and the birth of the Buddha and the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Koran, with Passover and its liberation, Easter and its promise of resurrection, and Pentecost, which is next week, we are born anew. Every day, the goal is to be born anew. Every day, we represent a resurrection story. I heard the most remarkable tribute to someone the other day. He found grace high and low in this troubled world. What a beautiful tribute. What a great thing to aspire to, to be a resurrection people, to be a people of hope, to be someone about whom another could say, she found grace high and low, looked for grace in the craziest places, found it, And not just found it, but was a sign of hope and love and grace to others. A holy sacrament. Each one of us. So we all have resurrection stories. We all have found grace. We've all gotten back on the horse named Hope. This is the last Sunday of Easter. And next week is Pentecost Sunday in the, in the Christian tradition. Now, between Easter Sunday and the season of Easter and Pentecost, in the biblical tradition, 
There are some crazy great stories. And I want to tell a few of those stories. And I want to tell them in an attempt to be practical and positive and relevant. Um, I'm not always those things. Right? Practicality has somehow escaped my toolbox of like skills in the world. But I'm going to really try hard. Now think about the death of Jesus. Think about the death of Jesus. And for the disciples, how traumatic that must have been, even with the empty tomb. They find themselves in a dilemma. Shall we go back to our old lives? Should we be fishers of fish again? And tax collectors and farmers and whatever it is they were doing? Somehow they decide to move forward. And in that period, after, you know, the resurrection, but before Pentecost, Jesus appears to those disciples a couple of times. One time Thomas wants to touch Jesus and make sure that it's legit. That's a pretty famous story. And there's another time when Jesus appears. And this is the time when Jesus comes to speak to them and teach them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus appears to them and is talking about the Holy Spirit coming and empowering them. He's going on and on about how the Spirit will be them, be with them and how they'll be stronger than they can imagine and how the baptism of the water will compare not at all to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I imagine Jesus coming to them in this form was disorienting and confusing. And he's going on and on about the Spirit. And so they had certain questions. By the way, I just want to I, I wanna I wanna take a tangent. I know that will be shocking to you, but I'm going to take a tangent for a moment. Charles Fillmore, who founded this whole unity principle stuff, you know, and his wife, they, they founded this whole metaphysical thing about, about this, says great things about the Holy Spirit. He says, and they say, that when you look at the Holy Spirit and the biblical tradition, you should see nourisher. You should see the word nourisher. The Holy Spirit nourishes us. And you should see the word strength giver. Right? The feminine name of God, strength giver, nourisher. And when you see the word Holy Spirit, when you see that idea, you should think about the fact that the Spirit is everywhere. Where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The answer is nowhere. This is a universal idea working in all humanity on our evolution. The Spirit is the midwife of our evolution. All the divine perfection that exists in the universal mind can be brought into direct contact with our holiness in each individual. 
as human beings develop spiritually, they release, round out, and fully express that divine perfection which is in each soul. That's what the Spirit's about. So Jesus is going on and on about the Holy Spirit. You're going to have it, and you're going to have it, and you're going to have it. And they have questions. They say, is now the time? Is now the time? Is now the time? That's what they want to know. He's going on about the Spirit, and they want to know about time. Is now the time that you promised when we're going to get Rome out of here and Israel be restored? What they're asking in this moment, what they're asking in this moment, this happens in chaplaincy all the time. People ask questions that they think are going to be relevant, but they're really asking about something else. What they're really asking is, is everything going to be okay? Is everything going to be okay? Is everything going to be okay? We're so confused. We're so disoriented. We're so afraid. Is everything going to be okay? And Jesus says, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the time. Instead, focus on your power in the Spirit, which is now and now and now and now the eternal holy now. There is no time but now. And the time now is you being alive in the Spirit, alive in your awareness, alive in your consciousness. Look to that. There is no time but now. Ariana told me about the making of this how everybody contributed to it. It's a, it's a stand-in for our community. And what she said was, it took forever for all of that to come together, for all of that to dry. just took a long time. Things come when they come. But the Spirit is with you always. Look to that. Put your gaze there. The time is now and you are stronger than you think. And this is the best part of this story. So after Jesus talks to them about the Spirit, he ascends to heaven. And there's this great scene. He goes to heaven. And there's this great scene. The disciples are just looking up, paralyzed, just gazing into the heavens. And two figures appear. Let's call them Moses and Elijah. What are you looking at? Why are you gazing into the heavens? Did your teacher not just tell you that with the Spirit you were more powerful than you can imagine? Get going. Stop looking out there for answers. There's nothing up there, there's no out there when you're talking about the life of the Spirit. There's no sitting around waiting for enlightenment. The answers are within. Emerson said, all the time we're waiting for the teacher appear, not knowing that the teacher we're waiting for is us. You, you, in the power of the Spirit, which is universal and available to all, you are the teacher you're seeking. You're the teacher you've been looking for. In times in times, let me try to be positive, practical, and relevant for a minute. In times of destruction, in times of uncertainty, in times of change, we're always tempted to say, when is the time? When is it going to get better? Now is the time. The story reminds us that we can't know the time. It comes when it comes. And it reminds us in the power of the Spirit, now is the time to do what we can. And in times of confusion and uncertainty, which we are to just embrace, 
The important thing is to claim the power that you have for your highest good. Don't look out there. Look within. Howard Thurmond, the the great African-American preacher of the 20th century, said, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Despite the dullness and barrenness of the days that pass, if I search with due diligence, I can always find a deposit left by some former radiance here. But I had forgotten. At the time, it was full-orbed, glorious, resplendent. I was sure I would never forget, but I'd forgotten. In the moment of its fullness, I, would sh- I was sure it would illuminate my path for all time. I had forgotten how easy it is to forget There was no intent to betray what seemed so sure at the time. My response was whole, clean, authentic, but little by little there crept into my life the dust of the journey. Detail, lower demands, all kinds of cross currents, just wear and tear. If there had been some direct challenge, I would have confronted it, fought it to the end and beyond. But it was just small little things that got me off. In the quietness of this place, in the quietness of this place, surrounded by the all-pervading presence of God, my heart whispers, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve, that in fair weather or foul, in good times or in tempest, in these days when the darkness and the foe are nameless or familiar, I may not forget to that which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. All this hope in springtime, the birth of the Buddha, the giving of the Torah, the giving of the Quran, Easter resurrection, all pointing to Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday, the birthday of the church. The spirit descends down. The poet speaks of Pentecost as a time of greening and blooming in the fields, woods, hills, mountains, bushes, and hedges, of birds singing new songs, meadow sprouting fragrant flowers, festive sunshine gleaming from the skies and coloring the earth. Pentecost is this beautiful moment where the Spirit comes down. It's the best unity teaching imaginable. Because there were people that spoke all different kinds of languages, people from all different kinds of places, people with different kinds of gifts and talents. And in the power of the Spirit, they understood one another. They knew they were connected. They knew they were unified. Even though some of them were green squares and some of them were brown And some of them were orange and whatever shape they were, whatever it was, they were one. And they knew it in that moment. They knew it in the power of the Spirit. There's no time but now. There's no teacher out there. Stop gazing out there. Have a great week.